0: Welcome to another episode of Just Some Christian Guy. This is Tyler Hawkins, and I'm just a Christian guy. Nothing special about me, just a guy, just a Christian. Likes to read the Bible, study it, help find answers for my own life from it, help others find answers to their lives in it. So this episode is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, and it deals with the question of, How can there be sincere people that Jesus will still cast out? It's a genuine question, and so I wanted to treat it fairly. Uh, This is also part of a much longer lesson I plan on doing in the near future on examining the issue of whether God cares more about quantity or quality in terms of our relationship with Him, in terms of our faith, and in terms of church membership even. So, with that said, Let's dig into the study, and I hope that you will find it uh, enriching and beneficial to your life. Making sense of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. That's the topic for today, and it's a topic that I wanted to cover because this section of Scripture gives a lot of people problems, because honestly, it's a difficult teaching. Uh, But hopefully, uh, through reading through this passage together, uh, we can come to a, a good understanding of what Jesus is actually teaching here. So let's just dig into the text right now. Again, that's Matthew chapter 7. Let's start with verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay. So the reason that this is such a troubling passage for so many people is understandable. It's because this passage shows those that are trying to follow God and actually do works for God and in God's name, those that have a sincere faith in God and are putting that faith to the test by doing works in the name of that faith can still be considered separated from God. And so this is counter to a lot of teaching that's in the biblical world today. Uh, and honestly, it goes counter to uh, a lot of the way that uh, many people believe the Bible. It goes against what is uh, intuitive for most people who haven't done deep studies on the Bible. So I wanted to examine this and see how we can make sense of this passage. How could it be that these people who Jesus sets up as being faithful to God can still be separated from God, and how God could never know them? Okay, so the the true answer to this is right at the top, right at verse 21. I'm going to reread 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But, here's the key, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. See, there's a contrast here between doing works in the name of the Lord and obeying the will of the Father. So, to put this in perspective... What Jesus is saying here is that it is possible. Not not even just possible. He he straight he straight up says that there will be people who do this. So this isn't just like a possibility that it could happen at some point. This is people that these people do exist. These people will exist. So the question that we ask ourselves is, are we one of these people? Let's make sure that we're not. Okay? So what he's showing is that there will be people who will profess to believe in Christ, profess to believe in God, and will do works for God, will do works for other people. You know, let's think of you know, love thy neighbor as thyself type of motivations, this selfless motivation, and will do these works. But just because they do those works does not mean that they are fully obeying the will of God. So there's a distinction between simply doing works for God and obeying the will of God. See, Jesus is separating these things. He says, You can do works. But still disobey the will of God. Because works alone aren't enough if you aren't obeying the full will of God. And I think most Christians today would appreciate the fact that we aren't saved by works. There is no amount of works, there is no amount of good deeds that can save us. The reason is because we are saved through the work of God, through Christ's sacrifice. Because of his sacrifice on the cross, he took our sins away from us so that we could be found blameless in him. So, the good news there is that we don't have to work to earn our salvation because we can't earn our salvation. Christ is the one, through God's grace, that went through the act to take away our sins so that we could be saved. However, when we do good works and good deeds... We are still expected to do those. Read the rest of the New Testament. There's plenty of call that our faith does call us to do good deeds. But those good deeds alone don't save us if we aren't obedient to the will of God. I think Jesus knew that this was going to be a hard teaching. Because he goes on to clarify what he means by this. And so if you have trouble with this concept in 21 through 23, go on and read the next few verses. So I'm going to read those now. Matthew 7, starting with 24 now. Think about it this way. Say God has blessed you very richly in this life. You have great material gain, great material possessions. Because you recognize God's love for you, God's grace for you, and all the blessings that he's given you, you want to give back. You want to give back in the name of the Lord. You want to do a mighty work for God. So you say, I have all this money. So I want to go do a good deed for those that are less fortunate than me. And I want to build... A bunch of houses for those that are less fortunate, those that might be homeless, those that might be on a very fixed or low income, uh, the poor, the sick, the elderly, the abused, the downtrodden. I want to take God's blessing and I want to share it with other people because I feel that is that is what God would want me to do. Okay, so this is good. This is a righteous thing with with absolutely great intention. So you go out and you talk to a contractor and. You say, hey, contractor, I want to build some houses, um, and I'm looking at uh, these different plots of land, and I'm going to need your help with the design, and I'm going to need your help on opinion on building this house. So, the contractor says, okay, well, this plot of land over here, it is of good, solid ground. Um, you're going to be able to build really, really strong house here, and it's going to be able to last forever. This other ground over here, you know, the soil, it's it's really soft, it's really sandy. It's not going to support a very good structure. And so you might be able to build houses here, but I can't promise you how long those houses will last, no matter how much we try. I just don't know. So then you say, okay, but God has blessed me so richly. And if I build on this plot of land here that's on the rocks, that's on the solid ground, uh, there's less of that land. So I'm not going to be able to build as many houses or help as many people. But if I build the houses on the softer sand, well, that land comes at a great price or at a great deal. I can buy a hundred times more land of this soft soil than I could of the rocky ground. So I think that I want to help more people. And so I'm going to buy this land on the soft soil and I'm going to build these houses. Contractor says, Well, I'm just a contractor. You know what? If you pay me to build houses on the soft soil, that's up to you. I'm telling you, it's not a good idea. I think you should build on the rock, but whatever. We'll build these houses. So then you go and you build these houses. Okay, so you, you put up a hundred houses on the soft soil, and you're able to help hundreds of people to move into these houses. And you think, how, how great of a, of a good deed did you just do to help so many people? Because of what God has blessed you with, you were able to help all of these people. But then the rains come. The winds start blowing. The rains start pouring down. That soil gives way, and then the houses collapse on those people. How much good did you do? Well, it's not a lot of good there, because you deviated from a firm foundation. So that's the parable that Jesus is telling here, with these people who he's going to say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Because even though they wanted to do good deeds, even though they were trying to do works in the Lord's name, They didn't base their foundation on, did you catch what it was in verse 24? I'm going to read that one again. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The foundation has to be on the words of Jesus and not just on the words alone, but in doing those words. You can do plenty of good deeds. You can even do them in the name of God. But if your life and your biblical teachings and understanding and lifestyle isn't based first on a firm foundation on God's Word, then those other good deeds, they don't matter at all. You're only going to be causing harm to yourself and others if your life isn't based on the Word of God. And this is why Studying the Bible is so important, so that we can know the Word of God, so that we can do the Word of God, so that we can live out our lives in accordance with the will of God. That is the deeper meaning of this section of Scripture here, that we need to base our lives on the Word of God and living out the will of God. We can do good deeds, we should do good deeds, but we have to do those good deeds On the firm foundation of God's word. Okay, hopefully that made sense to you. Hopefully you can now take this section of scripture and feel a little bit better about it. Hopefully you'll also feel challenged about it. I know that I feel challenged whenever I read this passage because I don't want to ever hear Jesus say, Depart from me, I never knew you. And that is why I devote myself to studying. I don't study as often as I should, and I admit that, but I try to base my life off of God's word because I don't want to hear those fateful words one day. So hopefully we can all learn from this lesson and make some changes in our lives and make improvements in our lives. With that said, I'd like to close out this lesson by saying that the flip side to all this is that God's grace is truly amazing and God's love is truly amazing. And if it wasn't for that, we could never be saved. But God's grace gave us His Son, And God's grace gave us his word so that we could come to know his son and come to obey the word. All right. Well, hope you guys have a great day. Hope this study was beneficial. God bless you all. And until next time.